Welcome to the Road by Row, the Garden Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. And boy, do we have a good one for y'all this evening. We are going to be talking about herbs, and we have a special guest with us, Miss Lauren. Lauren Dormany. Yep. Correct? That's right. So tell everybody the name of your business. So the uh, name of my business is Wild Herbs of Ayalita. Ayalita. I had mm -hmm. trouble with that a little bit. Yeah. Tell us about Ayalita. Um, so the name came from, I, I started working with herbs and selling things and I had to come up with a name. So um, I had looked into my ancestry and found that the uh, my first known female ancestor, her middle name was Ayalita. That's a pretty name, Ayalita. Mm -hmm. so. Her name was Prudence Ayalita Littlehart. Wow. So she was um, Cherokee, so it kind of ties into the um, the same plants that she and her her family yeah. probably worked with. It's the same kind of thing that I'm learning about. So we visited with you a little bit last week, and mm -hmm. I was fascinated with the fact you you consider yourself an herbalist and a forager. Mm -hmm. Now, the, all of it fascinates me, but the foraging part just really. It does something I've never done before, but I've always kind of thought about it. But it's so unique that you can go out there and find so much goodness, yeah. native goodness growing on the grounds that we so many times pass by. Pass by, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it was kind of, you start learning about the plants. You identify one plant out there on your walk and then, you know, start looking for more and more things. And, you know, you do a little bit of research and find all of the different uses that throughout so so many histories and so many different groups of people have come to use the plants. So, so how long have you been down this journey? Um, it was summer of 2019 when I really started um, the heavy research and like exploring um, the wild stuff. So, wow. Yeah. We'll dig in a little deeper. Yeah. We'll dig in a little deeper later, but yeah. uh, it's going to be a great show, y'all. So let's talk about our product spotlight of the week. And I want to bring this up because this is time sensitive for everyone. But I know everybody's probably got those winter squash growing and uh, pumpkins and regular squash, summer squash as well, and cucumbers. Now, what we're seeing a lot of this time of year, and it happens every year, is we're seeing a lot of... Uh, disease problems. And we're seeing powdery mildew and downy mildew. Now downy mildew seems to be the worst one. That's the one that you really don't know what you got a problem with. You'll see little yellow blotches on your leaves and next thing you know your plants are dying. And all your cucumbers, your squash, and especially your pumpkins are so susceptible to it when you start getting this dry, hot weather. So what we recommend is rotating the garden foss, which is a fungicide, every 10 to 14 days you want to spray, and you want to be on a pretty good spray schedule, but you want to spray every 10 to 14 days with garden foss and then switch over the next week to liquid cop. And these two here, both of them are labeled for uh, your mildews, your, your downy mildew, which is the, the most troublesome one of the two to me. And of course, you can mix your insecticides in there with them. That's no problem at all. But mix your insecticides, but make sure you stay on a good rotation of these two fungicides to keep that downy mildew under control. So if you if you do that, you're pretty much guaranteed to make yourself a pretty good pumpkin crop. But there we have the product update of the week. Now let's talk about gardens. My garden is doing pretty well. Everything's starting to come in good right now. And I got, I got baby doll watermelons probably 
I don't know, big as a, what, that's not bigger than a volleyball. That's a small volleyball. How about that? They're not going to get a lot bigger, but they're, they're, they're loaded up doing well. Corn starting to tassel out coming in. We've been eating cucumbers. We've been eating tomatoes are starting to come in. Everything in the garden is starting to come through right now. Nice. And we're enjoying the bounties. How about your garden? It's going good. Y'all saw it. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, herbs, especially the ones that I have planted from last year or the year before, is doing pretty good. Um, started some seeds. We probably, we got the seeds in the ground the week before Mother's Day. Me and my mom did. Right. Um, so that we've got some amaranth and sunflowers planted. So it's Yeah, it's extremely dry where we live. very dry. And that drip irrigation is really paying off right now. So yes. some years when we have a wet year, you kind of wonder why you spent the money on that drip irrigation. This year, you understand why you made the investment and it is paying we off. We need it. Yes, yep. we need it. All right. So I got one more thing. We always kind of do a, a corny joke of the week. Uh, a lot of people really uh, <clears throat> rave and rave about my corny jokes of the week, and I want to throw one on you here. And uh, my corny joke of the week is, why do plants go to therapy? I couldn't figure it out. To get to the root of their problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. Feel free, you all, to use my corny joke anytime <laughs> opportunity arises. You can use that one. To get to the root of their problems. So when I, talk, when I did a little research on herbs, mm -hmm. I come up with two or three definitions, and I really couldn't pin it down. Yeah. So one of the ones that I that I read says any plant with leaves, seeds, or flowers used for flavoring, food, medicine, or pure perfume. Mm -hmm. Well, that could be any vegetable as well. So that's kind yeah. of a vague uh, definition. Another one that I read said any seed-bearing plant that does not have a woody stem and dies back to the ground after flowering. Now but, that's. Think that's about not right. That's not right because mm -hmm. basil has a woody stem to basil, it. Lavender, what about the roselle that we used, that we yeah. love to grow? It has a very woody stem. Yeah. So that's not exactly right mm -hmm. either. And then another one that I read, which kind of generalized things, which is you're safer to do that. It yes. says in general use, herbs are plants with savory or, or properties that are used for flavoring or garnishing food for medicinal purposes or for fragrances, excluding vegetables, and other plants consumed for micronutrients, culinary use typically distinguishes herbs from spices. All right, that's a good one. That's because we generalized yeah. it's the reason yeah. it's good. <laughs> did you know the banana plant is the world's largest herb? I did not know that. There you, you got a corny joke of the week and a little bit of and a nice yeah, yeah. bit of useful information. So let's show people to start with some of the things. You brought some goodies today. Let's show them that and then we'll kind of dig into the main segment. How about okay. that? All right, cool. Um, the goodies, the what started the wild herbs of Ayalita was I have, you know, every morning I'll do a little burn a little incense or uh, something like that. So I started basically researching about cedar, which we have the eastern red cedar that grows everywhere here, um, a nice evergreen tree. Um, so I would just kind of research about what plants you could burn. I was burning a lot of sage from the southwest, the white sage, things like that. So that's kind of what started me on researching what was growing wild. So you bundle them up tight, that's when you just light them on one end? Yep, you light them on this end like this. You can burn it. A lot of people say they're too pretty to burn. That one's a little nice, simple one. Yeah, it is. Cedar and rose. But um, so that's what I started doing was trying to do something a little more local and um, 
then it kind of just, as you know, blossomed out. You can go in many different directions with the, with the sure. plant world. So, um, so then I started, you know, doing more teas and things like that. So, I mean, you um, can do syrups, you can do jellies. Yes. It's just, yep. So, um, that's kind of been the wild and the grown herbs, the stuff. I'll grow sage and lavender and things in the garden and then use the wild stuff as well. So. Right. Some of the stuff is just naturally growing mm -hmm. out there. You know, we, we looked at one thing that you, you do some work with stinging nettle. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was amazing because stinging nettle is a huge nuisance around here. To it find is. a benefit for it is just off the chain. It is. Everybody it, hates stinging nettle. Yeah. Well, and the annual kind that grows here is like, way more painful than the uh, perennial one that most people throughout North America know about. Our annual one is a lot more painful when you brush against it. So the one that has the most benefits is the perennial one, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or at least that most people are, because you can use the root and everything, but right. I mean, the, an, the annual um, is, is just as effective as far as I'm For concerned. you all that out there that have, may not have experienced thing and nettle in your lifetime, once you get a hold to it, you will. I mean, it grows in most time around horse stalls or yeah. cow barns, something like that. And if you ever run your hand across it, it's just like, we used to call it fireweed. Mm -hmm. It's just like your hand is on fire. Yep. And it takes a little while for it to cool off. It so, does. Yep. You know, if you have a little inflammation, a little arthritis or gout, you can rub it against there and it will ease the pain and inflammation. Yeah, just make you think about the <laughs> other hurt. <laughs> yeah. It's like when your finger hurts taking a hammer and hitting yeah, it. Yeah, you exactly. forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what else we got there? Oh, well, I brought y'all some pepper sauce. Oh, cool. And what's that made out of? These are bird's eye peppers. They were um, my granddaddy where we live on, um, where he lived and the old property and stuff. So he had bushes of bird's eye peppers and they, um, are, they come back every year. Right. So that's a really cool um, characteristic of a pepper. And um, the way that they germinate, they have to be digested by a bird. Right. So um, I think that gives way to their name. Uh, also, their size is kind of like the size of a bird's eye, I guess. Hmm. Um, so that's his old recipe that you just pour the hot white vinegar over it with some peppercorns. And it's good on collards and peas and all sure. that kind of stuff. All your good vegetables. Yep. And then uh, Sheila liked the... Um, Infused rose oil. So I put some, I poured some, uh, not extra virgin, but some mild olive oil over um, rose buds, and that will be a nice little cosmetic thing to use for people who are out in the sun a lot. We're going to use it for our skin. So, right. Hmm. Yeah. So there's all sorts of stuff you can do with your herbs. Yep. So let's dig in right here. And I got okay. a few here because I'm going to readily admit. This is not my expertise. And we want to go over the herbs that we have in stock. Mm -hmm. And you kind of give everybody an overview of what your thoughts on that particular one are, what you use them for. Okay? Sounds good. All right. And we're going to start out with Mr. Deal. All right. The bouquet deal. Yep. Um, so y'all use it to pickle, right? Right, exactly. Seeds. Hence the deal pickles. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Seeds and the greens. Right. Yep. And um, so we use a lot of uh, flower. We do work with flowers and bouquets and things like that. So this is a great cut flower. It's also swallowtail caterpillar food. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, so you'll have a beautiful dill or fennel or parsley plant right. growing and they'll just demolish it. Wow. But it'll be lights a little. Yep. This is the most popular variety of dill and it gets about 30 inches tall and it's best grown in the ground. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. So it didn't do real good in containers. It said it was best grown in the ground. Maybe got, got a little tap root to it or something. Yep. Zones grows well in zones three through nine. So pretty much anywhere you can grow this. Dill, if you got a gassy baby, that's supposed to be a really gassy good. baby. Uh -huh. Yeah, supposed to help with gas. Really, a lot of these herbs do. A colic baby, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yep. The next one is one of the famous basils, Italian basil. I like. I love pesto. That's yep. a good one to get started. People started on pesto with because it's nice and mild. Yep. Now this one, all your basils are known to have poor germination. That's where you need to plant them pretty thick. Did you know that? I. I did not know that because yep. I've had some good luck with basil. Yep. It, but they're known, their general qualities of the seed is they don't germinate well. Huh. So always you want to plant them thick. Like if you put them in little pots and stuff, always plant two or three seeds and you can go back and thin them out. Yeah. And uh, grows 24, 30 inches tall and it does grow well in containers. Well, how about that? Yep. Likes the heat. Likes the heat. Mm -hmm. Yep. You grow a lot of basil? Yeah. Basil's a Love to grow basil. Yeah, and, and I guess it's used more for for cooking than it is anything cooking, else. Cooking, it's good. It's so good fresh, like yeah. that Thai basil that we'll talk about. That's right. a good one that stands up to cooking right. really well. All right, and the next one is thyme. Yep, and it grows six to twelve inches tall, and it's good through zones five through nine, and loves full sun. Mm-hmm. And the bees love thyme when it's yep. blooming. Yep. And um, I like to do thyme in honey. Let it sit in the honey, and it's a nice herby honey. You'll like a tea over. or something. You just you'll just let it steep in the honey, yeah. and then you'll pour it over like cheese and crackers. And well, that's a good thought. I've never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what hmm. I wrote down about thyme. That's what I love to do with it. Yep. Uh, early spring and the fall, you can plant this in the fall as well. And they, I think it'll die out come cold, cold weather. But you can get a lot of, especially where we live, it'll probably make it all into December. Ours has lived on through. Oh, all the way mm -hmm. through? Wow. You've yeah. overwintered it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The next one is garlic chives. And Mr. Garlic Chives is, believe it or not, in the same family as onions, alum, alum family, alum family. Mm -hmm. and it's good through zones three through ten. Now, most people eat this, so they chop them up to greens, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the way you Use do it? Use fresh. Yeah. 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 They're good. They're just as good for you as like garlic or onions, good mm -hmm. for your kidney and liver. Yep. And uh, some people say they have more of a garlic flavor mm -hmm. than they do chives. So that's a good one right there. Yeah, it is. The next one is Italian parsley. Now this is one I have not grown. We've got a huge parsley plant. It's bolted and bloomed now, but. 12 inches tall and it has the similar. Now what the mistake we have made is being going by cilantro in the store before. And accidentally you pick up yes, a bundle of that. parsley because it looks real similar to yes. cilantro, mm -hmm. but it is different. It is very different. Yep. Roast basin, 12 to 18 inches, 75 days to maturity. It's another one that's uh, on my to-do list to grow Italian parsley. And I guess it's used, hence the word Italian, a lot of Italian dishes. Yeah. Yep. I do a little, have you heard of a chimichurri sauce? I have not. It's like mint, cilantro, and parsley, red wine vinegar. It's good on beef. 
I like really? to do like a like a um, flat iron steak or a yeah. skirt steak with it. It's good. Now this is probably my favorite one right here. Yeah. Like yeah. Broadleaf sage. 20 inches tall and grows from zones four to eight. Now, most of y'all have ate, have eaten sage before and you may not have known mm -hmm. it because it is a staple in just about all sausages. Yep. That's what makes sausage so good is that sage. You wanna know why? Why? They use it in sausages. Why? It's a carminative, which is like dill. It's good to help your digestion of more heavy foods. Really? Yeah, so it's in stuffings and meats. Yeah, uh, dressings have mm -hmm. a lot of sage in them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And how, how's your preferred way of using them? I love to use sage with um, with sweet potatoes, actually, and like the potatoes, sweet potatoes, things like that. But then I'll do it in a lot of teas. Tea? Sage yeah. tea? Yeah. You don't, you don't want to steep it for too long, but it is a good tea if you want. Um, because it is one of the stronger ones. It is stronger, but it's full of good. It's, it's, okay, so for if you've got some sinus issues, you could do a little throat gargle of some uh, sage, sage. Mm. tea. Helps with all of your respiratory sinus type stuff. Wow, ninety percent germination there. Uh, Eighty days, so kind of plant this ahead of time when you're going to need to use it because it's three months before it's going to be ready for you. Now here's one I know the least amount about. There's one of your one of your favorites mm -hmm. here. Borage. Borage. Talk to me about borage. Borage for courage. Yep. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, the knights, the crusaders, actually carried borage around. And it actually believed in courage, but it's edible, beautiful little edible cucumber-like flowers, and the leaves are edible as well, full of um, anti-inflammatory properties. And um, you can freeze the little, the little uh, flowers in some ice cubes for a little summer cocktail. Wow, what a great idea! Yeah. I've never thought about yeah. that. So stuff. you just take the flower and freeze it freeze in like an ice tray. Yeah, or some lemon juice, or yeah. Huh. Cool. Throw it in a little lemonade or something. Yeah. Uh, it's classified as an old-fashioned herb. It's probably been around longer than most of the other ones has. Yeah, Pliny the Elder wrote about it. Really? 24 inches tall, so it doesn't get out of hand for you. 60 days to maturity, so it don't take that long. Good stuff. All right, here we go. There's your one. Tarragon. Tarragon. 90 days to maturity. Uh, let's see what here. It's a perennial, as most of them are. It comes back every year, which is great. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have this died down in the wintertime? Does it make it full, full year for you? See, I have not grown tarragon, but I'm. I, it's a, it's going to come back, or if it even dies back. Some of these herbs don't it's even It's according to where you're at. I guess yeah. how much cold weather you get. Yeah. Yeah, in zone nine, you could probably grow it without it dying back. Yeah. So you haven't grown this before? It's on your to-do list? Not. It's an artemisia, so I'm growing mugwort and wormwood, which are also an artemisia, but I've never grown tarragon. Wormwood. Yep. And so all the artemisias, including tarragon, are, have sedative properties. They'll help you get a good night's sleep. Um, I've cooked with it. I made like good chicken salad with tarragon before. Hmm. So if you need your little toddy at night time, this would be a good little, little infusion mm -hmm. in you to mm -hmm. your toddy to make you sleep. Yeah. Another one of these wonderful basils, and basils are probably one of the most popular of all the herbs. Uh, this is thigh basil, mm -hmm. which from my research told me it does better in high heat cooking. It holds up better yep. than the other basils do. Yeah. 
A lot of times you'll throw that fresh basil in on the pizza or whatever, but this will, you can cook in like a curry sauce or, right. and it'll stand up to a, you know, making a nice little noodle sauce or something. Yep. The more Asian. Loves food. full sun. You can grow it all during the, the, uh, the summertime. 65 days to maturity. Yep. Another Italian here. Mm-hmm. Goes good in all sorts of sauces. Really? Mm-hmm. You grow this one? Yeah. Which one's your favorite? Which herb's your favorite? My favorite herb is yarrow. Yarrow? Mm-hmm. Mm. So how would you use this one? Italian oregano is a antifungal, antibacterial. It's also a carminative. It helps with your digestive stuff. So you could um, use it as a salve also? Mm-hmm. Big time use it in a salve. Um, it'll help up any like fungal skin stuff athlete's foot things like that wow yep and 90 days to maturity so you want to plant that one early in the springtime it takes a long time for it to get ready another one of those fancy basils what about lemon basil that sounds like i want i would like to put lemon basil in a in a cocktail i'm, I'm an ex-bartender that's why i keep okay bringing up the cocktails, cocktails. yeah lemon basil of course has that lemon uh lemon taste to it that the other basils may not have here. See where my notes are on lemon basil. Put that in some cucumber. It's actually a hybrid. Huh? It's, it's crossed between two other uh, basils. And it's popular over in the uh, Vietnam area over there. 60 days maturity, so it didn't take that long. Couple months and she's ready to go. And here's the very last one. Now this right here is a sweet basil. And this is probably the most popular one for maybe not high heat cooking, but for regular cooking. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is on the uh, the margarita pizza. You know, you get the, oh really? This is it. Pretty leaves put on at the end. So if you go to a grocery store and buy this, buy basil, you, this is probably the variety you're getting. Yeah, about. It has a big that leaf to it. Yep. Like <laughs> yep. Six bucks. Yep. Now let's go back. So we've covered all. Then let's talk about your favorite herb again and tell me why it's your favorite. Um, yarrow is the name of my favorite herb and it is a, um, it's a native, it's native to North America. Um, it's a, it's called Achillea millifolium is its Latin name. It's named after Achilles because he, you know, he was a commander in a in the war and all of his soldiers, when they were wounded, he would use yarrow. Um, you can, if you're like out working or something and you got some yarrow, you cut yourself. Take off a piece of yarrow, chew it up, and you can just spit it right onto the wound. And that's called a poultice. Yeah. And it will fight any bacteria or infection and it will... Um, Throw kill. any foreign objects out of the Yeah, and it'll kill the pain. And so you'll just like bandage it over. Yeah. And it'll truly the next day, like a, a pretty deep cut will be like working its way to closing up. It's wonderful. So like traditionally butchers and anybody, blacksmiths, anybody working with sharp metal would always carry yarrow and you can use it fresh or dried. People will go on and powder it so they can put it into their wound. Now, do you see this out every springtime and grow it back or is it a perennial that comes back? Um, it will, it will um, bloom in the early, early spring and it will just die back to just its little feathery leaves. Um, but the feathery leaves stay all winter. Hmm. So, and it's a heat loving plant. We, you know, down in this area, we, we can grow it all day long. All, um, 
but it will also, if you want to plant it, if you have a really um, poor soil bed or something, you plant this yarrow there, it sends down these deep roots and it secretes um, chemicals that actually strengthens the other plants. So it's recommended wow. to put it at the bottom of a fruit tree or if you have a really poor soil plot that you just want to cast some yarrow seeds out there, it will, after about six months, it will re replenish a lot of the nutrients in the soil. And it's a great companion plant for beans and um, corn. Really? How about insect stings? Yeah, it would work on, I mean, it works on pretty much anything that, but it's especially when you get cut. Okay. Um, dill is great for insect sting. Sage is great for insect stings. Have you ever put chewing tobacco on an insect sting? Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me how quick that will pull the poison out it, of there. It is it's amazing. It's just, boom. I don't know what property that the tobacco has in it. But back in the day, I used to chew a little backer when I was, and we call it backer down just here in the south. Just in case. But yeah, you could take that and put it on there, and just a minute it's it was amazing, gone. It's right? was gone, and the swelling would be gone. It was, and if you didn't have any backer on you, you found somebody that did have some backer <laughs> on them, and you put that on there real quick. So yeah. All right, and you have a great Instagram page. Uh -huh. And tell us about that. That's where your primary social media. Yeah. I mean, your platform, I guess. Yeah, and on uh, Facebook with the same name. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more, um, I like the Instagram, the way to use it. So um, I'll post just things that I'm up to or recipes or um, sometimes just junk. But well, I noticed, I went fun. to your Instagram page, looked around. You're a pretty good photographer. Thank Doing you. a pretty good job on those pictures, yep. And uh, if anybody's got any questions, I'm assuming they can post to your Instagram page. You'd be glad to answer yeah. those questions. message me. So let's show them a few of the resources that you've learned, that you've used along the way to learn from. Because okay. I thought this was pretty, pretty good Sounds stuff. Sounds good. Um, so I did, I brought this first book is called A Georgia Food Forest. It's 180 per, sorry, That's all right. perennial edible plants and a design guide for the Zone 8 homegrown. And so that is um, full of wonderful suggestions and this lady she gives you all sorts of i say this lady uh-oh what's her name dill actually Deal. last name Deal. Deal. <laughs> um, so where did you get this book um janice ray janice gave, ray gave me and if y'all don't know janice ray tell everybody who janice ray is janice ray is a south georgian she's some that she's somebody that we're all very proud of um she uh, is an author and she writes um, these beautiful stories about growing up in the South and also intertwines it with um, giving you a little bit of, of passion about the, the <coughs> Would you natural say world. She's a naturalist. In. Would you classify yes, her as a naturalist? absolutely. She is. A, I, I first heard her speak here in Moultrie. She was on a book tour years ago. It was my first, my first running with her. But then, uh, it must have been about a year and a half after that, I was in Sonoma, California, ran into her. She does a lot of speaking, or she did, mm -hmm. back when the, before the virus stopped everybody from traveling. But she, she travels a lot and does a lot of speaking. Is a very good speaker, a well-known speaker in the naturalist circle. Yes, yep. she, will, she will light your fire, yep. so to speak. Yep. So. so this is a good one here. Everybody, especially in Zone 8, but I'm assuming you could uh, find it from other zones. You could possibly take this book right here and use it as a reference and go out into the forest and find your next meal. Absolutely. All right. 
All right, and this one's called Mountain Medicine. We're not in the mountains, but this is um, a, comes highly suggested by Daryl Patton, the uh, southeastern herbalist that um, most people from the southeast know. He's got it all figured out from Appalachia down to Florida and then over into Alabama and stuff. This is Tommy Bass. He's an old Appalachian mountain man that um, focuses on all of the wild growing stuff, the goldenrod and ginseng and violets and things. So we got cheated out on the ginseng a little bit here in yeah. the south, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it's and the snow. I do like the North Carolina snow. Yep. It goes away quick enough. And then the last one, my mom got me for my birthday, and it's full of recipes and things. The Lost Book of Herbal Remedies. Um, she gives you all sorts of. Um, healing recipes and ideas for your plants and mushrooms and all of that kind of stuff. Good coffee uh, coffee table books. Oh yeah. Good reading at night time when you got nothing on TV you can watch. Yeah. Which is most of the time. Yeah. So sit down and get your book. Exactly. Well Lauren it was great today. I, I envy I envy you a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I wish I had more knowledge and it's one thing I would love to do is become more knowledgeable about our native plants and their uses. Now I know what a lot of the native plants are. Yeah. But I just don't know the uses for them. Well, the seed is planted. The seed is planted. And you know, this is another thing. Sometimes we've got to, and I'm as bad as anybody, but sometimes we have to sit back and look at the beauty of the plant instead of the weed that is beside it. Yeah. We get caught up in everything that has to be so perfect. But sometimes it's just not meant to be perfect, and we got to realize the beauty in what we're looking at. And I have that problem, and I feel like a lot of our listeners have that problem sometimes. We just need to back up and reevaluate things. Don't you agree? I, I certainly do. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Well, heck yeah. We'll have to do it again sometime. Okay, sounds good. So check out Laura's Instagram page, and you'll be surprised, and you'll be inspired as well, I hope. So thank you very much for watching, and get out there and learn something new, try something new, and don't be afraid of failure. Nope. All right, folks. Now it's time to get out there and get dirty. <laughs>